It's good to see each one of you here this evening. I appreciate your attendance. I hope the things that we have to present tonight will encourage you and strengthen you and cause you to go home and study this particular subject out a little bit further. Connie kept asking me, what are you going to preach on? I very seldom tell her. So you just have to come find out. Well, on the way to church, she asked me, sir, are you nervous? Well, yes, I am a little bit because this is a little bit different topic than what I would normally go into. And I had quite a problem deciding that this is what, uh, what my lesson was going to be. When Hugh called me about three or four weeks ago, and I appreciate him giving me the invitation to speak, I had two or three things on my mind and I began to think about those and one of them was this particular topic which has bothered me for quite, uh, quite a few years and I kept pushing it down, it kept coming back up and I got down to two different topics and this one was one of them and I decided I'm going to go with it. So I hope you enjoy it and, I, and, and learn something from it. I enjoyed the study of it and uh, learned more about God's Word. It's kind of like the, the song we just sang, Standing on the Rock. That rock is unmovable and will never move. Man moves all the time. But our subject is climate change. Now you say, well, that's an odd subject to have. What does that have to do with God's Word? Well, you know, you listen to all the rhetoric, and this started, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. I heard something about uh, climate change, just kind of pushed it off and didn't think much about it. And it kind of died off for a little bit, and now it's come back, and it's getting more and more and more uh, talked about. And I don't, didn't really understand all the things they, that they were saying. You know, they've got these scientists with all these letters behind their name, and, you know, they use big words, and they, you know, a lot of times I don't know what those particular words mean and have to think about it and study it. And, you know, they say, well, we're destroying our climate. We're destroying our earth. You know, we're going to have droughts and we're going to have severe storms and we're going to have these raging fires and all these things you know this year kind of proved some of that you know we had a lot of raging forest fires some of them were man-made some of them were natural we went through a drought here where we live until just a few weeks ago did you thank god for the rain that he sent our way wasn't it amazing you know i get the opportunity to drive quite a few different areas, and it was basically the same nearly everywhere I went. It looked like the dead of winter, except you had green trees. All the grass was dead. There was no, virtually no flowers. In the spring when I was, I was going to Fort Worth and it was time for blue bonnets. There was a few blue bonnets, but they weren't very pretty. Not like I have seen in the past. It was disappointing. We start getting rain, and man, isn't it amazing how fast the grass greens up, the weeds begin to grow, the flowers begin to bloom. It's a totally different look. 
because God sent rain and He blessed us. And we need to be sure that we thank Him for that. You know, a few weeks ago I was waiting to load or unload, I don't know, and I was looking at Google and it come up that uh, on there, and I didn't read the article, it kind of hit me wrong, said, uh, we figured out how to make it rain. Seed the clouds. Well, you know, it come back to me that when I was a small child, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 years old, we had that same program here, but it wasn't to make it rain, it was to stop it from hailing. They'd go, these big storms would come in. It seemed like when I was growing up, we had them all, all the time. Two or three o'clock in the morning, we were going to the cellar because the tornado sirens is going off and it was thundering and lightning. And, you know, and they'd send these planes up and they would seed the clouds and the idea was that they would dis, uh, come down in their intensity and not drop hail. Well, I think they had some marginal success with that. But the problem was our neighbors to the east over in Floyd County and Motley County and some of those began to complain because when they did it here, those clouds dissipated and they didn't get any rain. So there was a big argument going on and finally this program ceased. You know, this past, uh, or this year, you know, there's been several days that, man, you thought, man, we can't miss the rain. The clouds are heavy and they, you know, it's humid and man, we, we've, we're bound to get a rain today and we get a few sprinkles and it's gone. Well, that's life. That's nature. Actually, and what brought, you know, kept me thinking about this was this rhetoric of climate change. You know, we're going to destroy the earth. It'll be uninhabitable. You know, we won't have food, we won't have water, we won't have this. And, you know, and then I heard the other day California is, is uh, proposing that no, com no combustion engine vehicles will be sold in the state of California after 2030. They want everybody to start buying electric vehicles. But then the very next day I hear that they're telling the people in California to conserve energy because we're in an energy crisis. We can't produce enough electricity. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, kind of like you said this morning, which come first, the, the chicken or the egg, you know. But they keep doing this and it gets tougher and tougher and tougher all the time. And they've got to the point where they're scaring people, I think, my opinion is, they're scaring people into believing this what I'm going to call a lie. I don't buy into it. Maybe you do. Maybe you have a little different opinion than I do, and that's fine. And I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. But what I did is I went back to the ultimate authority, God's Word. What did God say? And I started, and I started looking at that, and I was really surprised in a way, of all the things that I found. And I, I'm just going to talk, touch on a few of them here tonight. And that's the reason I encourage you to go back and, and study th these things out further. 
It started in Genesis, the first chapter. It's, of course, we're speaking about creation. Genesis, the first chapter, starting in verse 14. Then God said, said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light on the earth, and it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw it was good, so the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Okay, we have the sun, we have the moon, we have the stars. We know the sun comes up and the moon goes down. I mean, it's, it happens every day. But he said that he, uh, he gave them light. And, you know, I, I leave most, most mornings 4.35 o'clock. It's dark. And wherever I'm going, I, I start that way. And, you know, I don't have a fear that the sun's not going to come up. I know the sun's coming up unless God comes back and calls the end of time. I don't worry about that. When I come home through the summer, most of the time I'm home before, way before it gets dark, but wintertime I don't. I, but I don't worry about the sun. I know the sun's going to go down and the moon's going to come up. That's the way God designed it. And it's been that way from the beginning of time and it will be that way till the end of time. You know, i got to think why this climate change... Why are they not trying to specifically say we can slow the sun down or we can speed the moon up? But I did hear something the other day that just baffled me. They said that the sun is getting cooler and dimmer. That the temperature of the sun has dropped several thousand degrees and it's not as radiant as it once was. And then it's beginning to disintegrate its tear itself up and disintegrate from the inside. And they were using that saying all these solar flares that we have supposedly seen this year, I haven't noticed them here. They say they have affected different parts of the world. But these solar flares coming off the sun is the sun disintegrating itself. I don't buy that. God set the, set the sun in place and the sun will be there till the end of time. That's what I strongly believe. Let's turn over to Genesis, the 8th chapter. Genesis, the 8th chapter, verse 22. And while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. God told Adam this right after the flood and Adam had, they had finally, the waters had receded enough and they were on dry ground and God was speaking to Adam 
And he told him, he said, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat and winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. That's the rock I'm going to stand on. That's the one I'm going to believe because he's the creator. He knows all about it. He knows way more than I do. And all these scientists and people that are trying to con convince and scare people with uh, this climate change. <clears throat> it's looking Daniel. Daniel, the second chapter, verse 21. Second Daniel verse 21, and he changes the times and the seasons. Because he goes on and says he removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. You know, God set up seasons. You know, I remember two winters ago when it was so bitterly cold. You know, a lot of us was want to say, hurry up, spring, come on, I'm tired of this cold. But you know, we couldn't, we couldn't wish it away. We couldn't change it. We had to endure it. We knew that it wasn't going to last forever. We just had to endure it. And then another day, it will change. Because that went on for se several days and I was beginning to wonder if we weren't going to be in a cold, cold ice box for, the, for a long time, but it, it disappeared. We warmed back up. You know, the, I got, was looking at the Farmer's Almanac and they're calling for, uh, in the Northeast this winter, they're telling them to hibernate. They say, you're going to get a bitter, bitter cold winter. Well, we'll see how that plays out. Because they're a little more prepared for that type of weather than we are here. Let's look in Psalms 104th chapter. Psalms 104, starting in verse 19. He pointed the moon for seasons. The sun knows it's going down. And make darkness in its night, in which all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar after their prey, and they seek their food from God. When the sun rises, they gather together and lay down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. You know, how true is that? He pointed seasons. And those seasons roll around. Every year, spring, summer, fall, winter. Every year we have the same. They never change. Yes, some are colder than others. Some are wetter than others. Some are drier than others. But it's the same cycle over and over and over. In this chapter, it's talking about the beast. Uh, the forest creep about. Like I said, I leave early of the mornings whenever I, more so whenever I head east toward Vernon, drop off the Cap Rock, boy, my eyes 
I try to keep them wide open because I see a lot of deer. A lot of deer and a lot, a lot of wild pigs. Because it's dark. They're out creeping around. They're out looking for food. But you know, when I come home and it's daytime, I very seldom see them. I may see a deer every two or three months. Might see a wild pig every once in a while. But normally not during the day. They're out at night. They know what the cycle is. They know when they go to feed. God give them that instinct. And they still have that instinct. Let's look in Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew 16, starting with verse 2. And this is Christ speaking. And he answered, said to them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red, and in the morning it will be foul weather today, for this. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. You know, this is Christ speaking, he's telling tell them, you know, you want to forecast the weather, and you do pretty good at it. Well, you know, we still forecast the weather. And we do fairly well at it. But do we really know what's going on? Do we really focus on God's Word? Or do we focus on all the rhetoric that we hear being that we're being bombarded with each day. <coughs> Let's look in Luke, the 12th chapter. Starting in verse 54. Luke 12, starting in verse 54. <coughs> He's basically saying the same thing again. He said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say a shower is coming, and so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say there will be hot weather, and there is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it you, you do not discern this time? <coughs> you know, we do basically the same thing. We see a cloud come up in the west, and we're going to get a rain. But when the wind change, changes, comes out of, out of the south, or more for us, the southwest, we pretty well know our chances for rain are pretty well gone. Because that's a hot, dry wind. We understand that. <coughs> Excuse me. But I think we need to Pay attention to what he says. How, how is it you do not discern this time? You know, our time could be short. The Lord could come back tomorrow. He could come back this evening. Are we really prepared for Him to come back and, meet, and for us to meet Him? <coughs> Hopefully you are. 
Let's look in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 4. Proverbs 20 and verse 4. And the lazy man will not plow because of winter. He will, he will beg during harvest and have nothing. <coughs> have you known somebody like this? Come wintertime, boy, they don't want to work. They really don't want to work any time, but as it says here, he won't go out and plow because it's winter. I don't like the cold either. I despise it. But we still have to have things that we need to do and we must continue our work as we go. Next, let's look at Acts, the 28th chapter, verses 1 and 2. Now this is Paul after he had escaped or had made it to shore after a shipwreck and had escaped. Now when they had escaped, they were found out the island was called Matea. And the natives showed us unusual kindness for they kindled a fire and made us welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. Shortly after this was when Paul was struck uh, bitten by the viper and they but he didn't die he didn't become sick some of these verses the reason I pulled them and as and hopefully you've noticed it speaks about meteorological things that we see today and when I was studying it's it speaks about hail the Bible does. It speaks about thundering and lightning. It speaks about the wind. And it, it calls north wind, south wind, west wind, east wind. Every, virtually everything we see in our weather today is spoken of in the Bible in some form or fashion. Now I know some of these Verses may seem like I'm pulling them out of context, and, and I would agree with you that they are a little bit out of context. <coughs> but I'm trying to point, you know, nature is in the driver's seat. And the things that happened at the beginning of time with nature are happening now. And they'll continue to happen until God calls and end of time. The only thing I did not find specifically in the scripture was a tornado. They talked about whirlwinds and maybe that was what they called a tornado. I don't know. But it, it does not specifically name a tornado. It says whirlwind. And we've seen some big whirlwinds in the through the through my time, and you probably have too. Let's look in Matthew the fifth chapter. 
and verse 45. <coughs> Matthew 5th chapter and verse 45. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. You know, God is not a respecter of persons. If he, didn't, if he wanted to, those that are children of His, He could send rain to them, and those that are not children of His, He could not let it rain on. He could do that if He wanted to. But He doesn't. He sends rain for everybody. He blesses everyone with that rain when it comes. And that's His intentions. And that's what nature, the way nature was set up. Let's look in James, the fifth chapter. James, the 15th chapter, starting in verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. It did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Whenever I found this, it, it had off the side that prayer can in, influence the weather. Well, it certainly did here. I don't know if it would do it today. Of course, in the previous verses for that, he was talking about confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The, the, effect, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then he talks about Elijah. Can you imagine not getting a drop of rain for three years and six months? You know, we go, or like this summer, three, four months, and we're crying. You know, we need some rain. Ground's cracking, opening up. Things look bad. Our crops look bad. We need rain. Can you imagine three and a half years? Well, Elijah got God to stop the rain for three and a half years. Can you imagine how grateful they were to see it start raining again? I imagine they were ecstatic. Let's continue on looking James or let's look in Isaiah chapter fifty five. Starting verse eight. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, we can't tell what God has in store. He's, he's, he's got... He's got it much more figured out than any of us will, any scientist, the smartest person that walks the face of the earth. He's got it figured out way more than they do. And he's totally the one in control. You know, the other night I was sitting at home and you know, was Googling or looking on Google and it came up an article and I read just a little bit of it and, and uh, it was about uh, they had found hunting 
tools, I believe it was in Iceland, I may have that wrong, from the Vikings, where a glacier had once been. And that glacier is melting. And they find hunting tools, a spear and a knife, and a place where they had piled up rocks and they supposed that they'd had a campsite there. And it had been covered up for years by this glacier. And now this glacier has receded because of melting. They're staying global warming and they become exposed. Now in my feeble mind, that tells me that that glacier wasn't always there. There had been a time when possibly the land had been exposed and those Vikings had went there to hunt. They said it was a popular hunting ground for walrus, I believe. And it's in a cold part of the country. But how did those, how did those hunting weapons get there, laying on the ground, and had been covered up for hundreds of years by a glacier. We don't know what's coming. We don't know what, the, what nature has in store for us. You know, we hear a lot about the Ice Age. Bible doesn't, I didn't find the Bible said anything about the Ice Age. Maybe there was, maybe there wasn't. I, I have no idea. But I'm taking the ultimate authority's word and I didn't find it. Maybe we will have an ice age. Maybe we won't. But for us to speculate and fret over, I don't think it does us any good. We have to remember God is in control. He always will be, and he will be until the final trumpet sounds. And let's don't let this rhetoric of climate change fog our minds, because I think a lot of it, they, they have scared people. They've got them worried. And I think the ultimate thing is they have drawn them away from God further because they don't speak of God. They speak of man. I, we, we, can, we can fix this if we will do this. We can take care of it if we do this. Well, you know, the things I've seen when man becomes involved, things get messed up really quick. And they get worse. We need to trust in God and in His, and in His Word. And He will take care of us. He set the plan in motion. He knows what, what's going to happen. Let's let, it, let His mighty hand take care of it. I hope maybe you've enjoyed the study. I, I enjoyed looking up the Scriptures. And like I say, there's many more that, that talk about the hail and thunder and lightning and all, all these things. You know, I started to use the verse of, and, uh, about uh, the children of Israel in captivity in Egypt. And 
God had told him that he, he was going through the, the plagues. And if you remember, one of them was hail. And he told, he told Moses and Aaron, go to Pharaoh and tell him that you need to go to this country or to this region of Egypt and you need to worship your God. And, and, and he'll let you go. So they went and they told him, and then Egypt said, yeah, okay, or Pharaoh said, okay, you know, yeah, that, that's fine. Well, God told the children of Israel, he said, I'm going to send a hail. And whatever you can't carry with you, you put, in your, you, put them in, you put it in your house or your barn. Put all your animals up. Because this hail is going to be bad. It's going to kill your animals. Or anything that's outside. So they did. They did as God had told them, and they left. And then here comes this hail. They said it, it utterly destroyed everything: trees, plants, livestock, everything. But where the children of Israel were, were they received nothing. Because God was protecting them. And then the next, if you remember, the next plague was locusts. And what I thought was really interesting, and I thought, man, I just can't believe that. But it's in God's Word, so I, I have to believe it. I mean, he said he sent these locusts, and they literally ate everything. We've, I mean, we've had locusts, but not, not anything like these people had or we have seen other countries have, but he sent that sent those locusts in there, and I don't know what the time span was between the hail and the locusts. I maybe should have done a little more study on that, but he sent the locusts in there and they ate everything. They ate, they ate the crops, they ate the leaves off the trees. I mean, they you know ate everything. But said they ate the hail that was remaining. That just baffled me. There was still hail remaining on the ground, and the locusts ate it. And then the Lord caused a great wind. I don't remember now, the east, to come through and push the locusts out. You know, God's in control. And we need to leave things in His hands and not try to take them in our hands Especially with nature, because we're going to get ourselves in, in a real pickle, I think. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Like I say, I'm not here to, to try to convince you one way or the other. I'm just, you know, you, you know, I think by the lesson, you know how I, how I feel. And if you wish to talk to me, that, that's fine. I'll, I'll be more than happy to carry on a conversation with you. But we need to put faith in God and follow after Him. We don't want to close the service without offering the Lord's invitation. If there's been one that has been sufficiently taught and would like to name the name of Christ and be baptized and become a child of His and follow after Him, or if there's one that needs the prayers of the, the church, we'd be glad for either class to come and, and sit on the front pew as we stand and sing the song of invitation.